0: Hey there, thank you for joining us for Six Degrees of Study, an uneducational podcast. Today we have Alison McIntosh, the chairperson of our board here at Tara University's campus. Alison has a degree in urban and regional planning from UNE, as well as a doctorate in human geography. We want to show you how it's highly likely there's only six degrees of separation between you, the career and the life you want. This is a Six Degrees podcast.
1: Welcome, Dr. Alison McIntosh, to our podcast table Thank you very much, Donna. I guess for me I feel like I I know a little bit about your background but I'm very keen to hear more through our podcast. We do kind of dig back into the past and bring people up to where we're at now. Um, Of course I have a little bit to do with Alison McIntosh uh, being in my position with CEO at the Tarra University's campus. Alison is the CEO of our board but I'm very keen to explore your journey through study and where that's led you in life. That's the reason for our podcast so that people can relate to all these different ways of, of getting your degree. So I guess let us know a little bit about where you're at now with your life professionally, why you're here locally, a little bit about the, the background of you in your current point in time.
2: Okay, thanks Donna. Um, wow, where do I start? Because I've got a few years to cover I think, <laughs> more, more than most of your other podcasters. <laughs> but um, I often think in, in five years, Terms, I guess, and I will. F- I find if I look back five years, I could never have imagined mm-hmm. I would be where I'm at. You know, five years hence, and I think you know, five years ago, um, I was still living at Kilbirnie right. with my husband um, on our rural property there. Um, I was still uh, working with QUT, and um, oh, we had bought our our home in Wingham, but we hadn't sort of contemplated what we were going to do with that but since then um, we've left Killabark. Um Unfortunately my husband is no longer alive uh, but we did fully restore our heritage listed home in Wingham so that's Beautiful. sort of pretty special but I've also sort of retired from my professional um, academic life um, that was oh, probably only 18 or so months ago and mm-hmm. um, but I did, had no idea I might then be jumping into um, an, another involvement with universities. Yeah. And this is through Tari University's campus and that's been an, an incredibly interesting and diverse and exciting experience for the last, or oh, 18 months, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I think it's just important to point that out, that it's actually a volunteer role you know, it's not a big career move. It's actually a volunteer move to help out the community to bring this university to life. So it, it's a big commitment and a lot of time. So I'd just like to say thank you to you for that. <laughs> um, yeah.
2: Well, I think, Donna, too, the fact that I, um, I've retired from paid work. I, you know, I don't know what that word retirement really means, but um, I, I'm no longer paid for a professional job and that's allowed me to be able to devote... Uh, time to Tari University's campus, and um, it's been a completely different experience for me as well. I, I have had uh, an academic background for some time, but not not wearing a hat as somebody trying to pull together a regional university's campus in Tari. And I must say, it's been um, it's been quite a ride. I've learnt so much along the way too, and it's been an exceptional team to work with. Um, the other board members are just. Tremendous with their talents, with their professionality. Um, but um, yeah, they're also very
1: nice people, so that helps. It certainly does. <laughs> so I guess thinking back um, to when you started your university journey, um, what's what's your story? Did you go straight from high school to uni? I guess what we always reveal quite often in these podcasts is it's not just I went to school then I went to uni did three years came out got the job it's been very rare that that's the natural path through life um so tell us about your journey did you go to uni straight away didn't no 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 <laughs> <laughs> um I actually I went to boarding
2: school and that was never planned by, by me or my family so um I had to go to boarding school in Rockhampton, and the last thing I wanted when I matriculated um, was to be institutionalised <laughs> <laughs> again. So, um, I did not want to go to university at that stage. And I'm talking now about, oh, dare I say, the mid-60s. So, there was no such thing as a gap year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... What I what I sort of in a way fell into I was really fortunate, um, but I did aptitude tests with um, a number of computer organisations, and I landed a job as a trainee computer programmer. Wow! And this is way back. This is in
1: the 60s. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: This is in the ground f- floor, I guess, of computing in Australia. So I was just incredibly lucky to have that opportunity. Um, and that just led – and this was in, in Brisbane because uh, I was a Queen, Queenslander mm-hmm. and um, I was just so lucky, I think, to have that opportunity back then. And I, I just loved it. Um, so,
1: so, back then, working in computing, mm, what, what was the actual – what was your day like? Like, what was the task? Okay. Uh, um, I'm well, sure it's different to pr- computer programming now. I think it probably is. We used machine languages,
2: which were really basic languages. Um, It would take, say, an hour and a half to to compile a computer program. Right. Um, It was, well, I guess the equipment we had, which was state-of-the-art at the time, now is just so archaic, you know, I can remember if, uh, at one stage, I don't know, in the, maybe the early 70s by then, getting so excited when we upgraded to a you know—a computer with 16,000 words of memory. <laughs> 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 um, but um, you, know, you learnt, I mean, that was what the restrictions were. Yeah. And you lear- learnt to negotiate that as well. But sort of from being a, a computer programmer and moving to Sydney then in um, 1968, I think I moved to Sydney. Um, and then became a systems analyst and then a project manager. And then I was working with a, a company called Dalgetty's, which might mean a, a lot to regional people. Um, but it was a big company. I was in the head office there. Um, it's a company with thousands of employees and branches throughout Australia.
1: And Dalgetty were like wholesalers of agricultural products, is that um, right? Or machinery? They machinery, were
2: machinery, wasn't or they, they? Well, machinery was part of it, but a big part was that they were stock and station agents and wool brokers. But they also had um, a wine, es- wine estates in South Australia. Mm, nice. They um, um, had a shipping division, insurance, travel. They um, um, had a scouring plant in Victoria. Um, manufactured mining equipment. Right. So uh, there was it was very diverse, and so it was um, a wonderful opportunity in lots of ways to get to know a lot about. Um, different aspects of corporate Australia and I was fortunate in the opportunities I was given with that company (gasps) mind you I didn't have a university degree (laughs) (laughs) but in those days um, you didn't have to you know you you had a lot of on-the-job training you had a lot of um, management courses you went to yeah quite different than you didn't I mean certainly by the time I left that company you had to produce that piece of paper. Mm. But I guess, I w- again, I was fortunate in getting in at a time where your track record was good enough to secure you wonderful opportunities. Um, and when I left um, Dalgetys, um in about 1984, I think it was, um, I was a senior executive in their business development department and doing research work and so yeah, on. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah. Okay, so, you, so through to 1984... Um, was that when you finished your work with Dalgetty? Yes, it was, and that yeah. was when um, Noel, my husband, and myself decided
2: to do what then wasn't known as a tree change, but, yeah. yes, we came to the Manning. We bought our, we'd, we'd actually bought our property at Killebark a couple of years prior to that, but we moved to this little rural locality of Killebark that had a wonderful community and lots of stuff going on, um, and it was,
1: um, uh, I, th- I think, the best move we could possibly have made. And, and how did you discover that Killabark was the place that you wanted to move to? Did you have friends already here? We, we knew nobody. <laughs> but, um,
2: you know, when you see a place, you know whether it's the right one or not. And that's how we felt about the property. Yeah. It was just, just what we wanted. Um, it was further away than we'd anticipated we would be. But, see, at that time, Tari had a really good... Um, Rail service, True. air service. Yeah, you could easily go down to Tari, uh, to, to Sydney and back in a day if you wanted to. So you could still stay connected with your previous life without mm. making an absolute 100% break. Yeah. Um, and my husband still had some work commitments in, in mm-hmm. Sydney. So. Um, but we didn't know what the community would be like. You never do when you move freshly into a place but
1: um it was an absolute godsend um that it turned out to be and killerbike is such a connected community yeah there seemed to be a lot of people perhaps moving in around that time yep um i think that was it there were a lot of people my age and stage who were moving you know the,
2: the old ones were selling up and the the new ones were moving in so it was a really good community to to be yeah. part of
1: so, you were at this stage of your life where you went, oh, I might get a degree. Like, uh, it, did that happen yet or not oh, yet? No, I waited another 10 years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. And I, I, guess, um, I guess it was just having that complete change from having a really full-on corporate life, which yep. was, you know, it was pretty intense, a lot of long hours at times and so on. It was just lovely, chilling out for a number of years, getting the, the farm as we wanted it to be and so on. And yeah. then... Um, I just felt it was time to put my brain <laughs> back into work again. Yeah, um, And so uh, I chose a course that I... I've always loved geography, always. Yeah. I thought, mm, what can I do where there's a huge component of geography? And it happened to be urban and regional planning. Yeah. And although it was the planning degree that would give, um, I guess, the professional qualifications that could be, you know, you think, um, do a degree that would let you get a job that was never my intention to be a planner it was more the geography angle Mm -hmm.
1: Um, and were you doing it out of general interest at that point or were you thinking I'm doing this degree because I'm going to change careers it was more initially out of general interest
2: um, but I thought if I'm going to be doing this it has to be something where it's a a piece of paper that will equip me further down the track Mm. but as I said I've always loved geography and that was the, the main emphasis I put on when it came to electives and so on. I had some wonderful electives um, in geoecology and biogeography and coral reef ecosystems and that sort of thing.
1: So, so uh, did that involve lots of trips away to those exciting absolutely. sounding places? <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> I'll never forget the um, the 10-day field trip on Heron Island. Oh, example. nice. <laughs> that doesn't sound like university's uh, hard slogging. <laughs> well, I, I was one of those weird people who really, I loved, the study aspect too yeah, um, yeah. i just love the learning yeah but not so much the studying but or the exams necessarily but i i love the learning and um and i guess i partly because i did enjoy it i
1: did i did well yeah and and how long did it take you to f- to complete that degree did you um, do a series of degrees or th- no no
2: it was um it was a A four-year full-time degree, and I was doing this all through distance education, of course, Mm -hmm. through UNE, Mm -hmm. um, and I did it in six years. Right. So, yeah, it was a sort of a two-thirds load. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I actually ended up working at council for part of that time because you had to get what I call work experience. So, I started there, and I, I stayed actually with them as a strategic planner until I finished my degree.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So, it is, are we into the 90s by now? Um, where, where are we at in our see, time Let's see, 1995
2: <laughs> I started. I've, I finished in 2000. Right. And um, I, uh, timing can be everything sometimes. Yeah. And um, the, well, I actually did an honours um, degree and my, one of my supervisors was head of a department and it actually just won uh, a large Australian Research Council grant. Wow. So, he said, we'd like to employ you to do your PhD. And you love research, right? And I love love research. I I guess halfway through my degree, um, I was asked where did I think this would be leading me. I said,
1: well, if if it was anything, I'd like to be into research. So, here we
2: go. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, very fortunate timing and the Mm. right time to be there and to get some funding for research. That's great. Yeah. Well, it paid... It
2: paid me a um, what do they call it? Um, it wasn't a salary as such, but it was you know it was quite substantial.
1: Yeah, um, it was enough to live off. And, yeah. yeah, fabulous. Yeah, yeah. So your your degree actually did lead you straight into paid employment. After I guess you, after so. Your I guess it you know, It really did yes. open that door. Yes, it did. It yeah. certainly
2: did open the door. You yeah, know, something that I hadn't seriously considered. But uh, again, I thought, my gosh, what an opportunity. Um, why don't I say yes? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> again, it was doing it as uh, distance education and that's a little bit challenging too. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, for, a, for Especially, I think, for a, for a, a PhD. But yeah. um, but actually, all my research work for this was in Sydney. Um, I, won't, I won't go into that, but uh, yeah. That was interesting too. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. so you actually had to, to be living away a bit to do the oh, research, or yeah. just lots of trips away. I guess. Lots of trips away for yep. you know,
2: several days at a time yeah. doing the field work.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that the research work was with QUT. No, no, that um, was with UNE. That, that's
2: still UNE. And yep. then um, once I had my doctorate, again, I was very fortunate to have a couple of mentors um, who.
1: ...I guess found employment for me. <laughs> yeah. See, this is feeling like it's ringing so true... ...or relating to what our aims are here at yeah. Tarry University's campus. You're talking about, you know, your degree led you to have work placement with council. Mm. Then you've had tutors and mentors that mm. have led you into other paths. Like, that's exactly what we're developing here.
2: Yeah. Look, I, I love the, this idea of um, our finding mentors for our students. It's I think it's just a, a tremendous plus... Um, just somebody else who you can sort of talk to about different issues or um, research different approaches you might be able to take to what you're doing. Yeah, and yeah. just make
1: you think differently. Yeah, you indeed. Know, things that don't come into your own mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... They, these mentors, then... Yeah, well,
2: I guess, um, again, I, I did... exclusively research work, not always full-time. A lot of the time it was um, sort of three or four days a week. But that really suited me because, again, doing it from um, a distance, Mm. I still wanted time on the farm to do things and have another life anyhow. Mm. Um, But it was doing a whole lot of different research projects. So, again, that involved travelling to various parts of Australia. Um, And, yeah, it was really fortunate one of the um, one of the projects I was working on was again was an Australian Research Council funded project and um, my um, my boss uh, changed jobs and she moved to qut so I went with her because uh-huh. I was being paid under the um, under the ARC grant right so that's what got me then working with quT in Brisbane
1: yeah fabulous mm. can you give an example or is there privacy and confidentiality around research? Are you allow, allowed to give us an example of you know, some fabulous research that you are really...
2: No, certainly not. Um, and I'm an absolute advocate for open access to research, especially when it's... Yeah, you know, research outcomes, especially when it's being funded by the federal government. I mean, that's our money, after all, that's, that's funding it. Yeah. Um, and probably the area where um, we did exert quite a bit of influence was we were... Um, Looking at the impact on frontline communities of fly-in, fly-out, drive-in, drive-out workers in the mining industry. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, so um, it was really interesting. The uh, I could name federal ministers at the time. They did change um, in the, during the the um, time span of that particular research because it was over a few years, uh, and some were fantastic and really were wanting to know all the way through. What our outcomes were as they progressed, and you could see policy changing as time went along, yeah. and then others, of course, weren't quite as um, receptive in that regard. Yeah, but so it was, I guess, the uh, if you think you you are actually influencing policy in good ways, that's mm. a really
1: good idea. I mean, the two things that come to me to my mind around that research is that you want to know. The mental health impact on the workers, yeah. but also the effect on the communities that they're going into when they're not actually based there as community members. Is that the kind of
2: yeah, very, information
1: that yeah. the government was after? With very that? much so. And yeah. actually,
2: it's really interesting that um, the, the the project itself was looking at um, masculinity and violence in rural communities. Right. And so it wasn't just mining communities, we went into a lot of other um, regional areas as well and this was at the peak of droughts and you can just imagine the, uh you know that some of the heartbreaking stories that we were we were hearing at that time but certainly then in the especially in the mining communities the the impact that it was having on people who call that their home mm. um, because fly-in fly-outs drive-in drive-outs don't have that connectivity with those communities mm-hmm. as people who live within them do and I think we all know mm. that here living in the manning yeah. um in the mid-coast area that um connecting t- to community and and belonging is is just so important I yeah think. absolutely
1: mm. yeah well thank you for sharing your insights i feel that's been a a wonderful um background i guess to your career where you're currently at i'm calling it a career even though it's a fantastic volunteer capacity and you're fulfilling it as if it was a career (laughs) with um, you know fully involved Um, so thank you for, for giving us that background and I can certainly understand a lot more now about why you are so passionate about university development in this space and the research behind The need for that—that I know you drove a lot of that with the the applications for the funding. Um, Yeah, you're certainly the the right person in the right place, I would say. So, (laughs) thank you for for sharing all of that with us. Thanks, very much.
2: Yeah, thanks, Donna. And I think TUC Tarry University's campus is just such an important thing for this area. Yeah, I think the next
1: few years we're really going to see it come to fruition and start delivering those impacts that we are really. Feeling and hoping that it will. Yeah, exciting stuff. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Six Degrees podcast. This podcast is produced by Upbound Business Consultants and is brought to you by Tari University's campus. Based on the New South Wales Barrington Coast, TUC is a hub for supporting distance education study for university students with campus facilities, mentoring, postgrad career opportunities and more. If you'd like to share your story, you can send us an email at podcast at and let us know your unconventional road to a degree. Until next time.